Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning. Middle of the week is the 18th of January, 2023. Daniel Pedgrew in the chair broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. All before Julian King, Michael Carianas for breakfast in an hour. Patton Heels uh, for our Queensland listeners in a couple of hours from 6am local time. A lot to get through on the show today. What about the tennis yesterday? We'll get to some of the matches. Some matches weren't even played. We'll get to all of that in just a second. Uh, a bit of rugby league news floating around as well. Six weeks away from the season. Tom Brady, has he played his last match? We're going to cross to Chris Perkins. We spoke to him yesterday, but we'll just have a quick chat with him today as well in about 15 minutes just to get the gauge of what uh, the reaction has been in America over the past 12 or so hours and get his opinion whether Tom Brady will be going around again uh, for another season uh, later in the year, next season. Um, and also our colleague Stephen MacGyver over in New Zealand caught up with the New Zealand Warriors CEO Cameron George. It was a really interesting uh, Interview. So I'll play some of that for you in about half an hour's time from now over at SEDNZ uh, yesterday afternoon. Of course, the Warriors, uh, they've been a talking point over the past few years, have been based in Australia, got to play a few home games back in New Zealand at the back end of last season, back in uh, New Zealand for the whole of this season. And he had some interesting points to make. So we'll have a bit of a listen to that in about half an hour as well. So big show and want to hear from you as per usual on 1300 one 1170 or you can text 0457-736-736. All right, let's get to some of the news of the day and we'll start with the Australian Open day two. Well, it was impacted by heat. Then it was impacted by rain. Several games uh, have been postponed or matches have been postponed until today. One match didn't finish until just past 2 a.m. in the morning. We will get to all of that. The heat rule is an interesting one. Um, so matches on the outside courts were postponed at around 1.30, quarter to 2 uh, yesterday afternoon and didn't get back on court until 5 p.m. Um, it was interesting to note, and I don't uh, know how they handle this and how they deal with this. When the matches were postponed, it was roughly about 31, 32 degrees in Melbourne. Um, they, said, they said the heat stress level had got to 5, and I saw some people on social media saying that um, it has been hotter in Melbourne uh, and in previous years and the matches have not been postponed. That may well be the case. Uh, however, yesterday they uh, decided to postpone them. But when they went back onto court at around about 5 p.m., it was about 36, 37 degrees. Now, potentially more shade. Um, but interesting how they dealt with that. But, yeah, it meant several matches have been postponed. A few matches, including Tanasi Kokonakis' match, uh, still have to be finished today. And they are forecasting a much cooler day, so a nicer day in terms of temperature, uh, but some rain in Melbourne this morning, which may force things to be postponed even more. 
So the Australian Open only, what, two days in and already playing catch-up. Your thoughts on the heat rule? Is there something we could do about it? I, I don't know. Look, it'd be very, very hard. And you've got to understand as well, um, and I think Brett Phillips made mention of this the other day, and I've seen other people say it as well, is that it's not just uh, 35, 34 degrees, whatever it is. On court, it would feel 10, 15, maybe 20 degrees hotter. So it would be very difficult conditions to play in. But it was disappointing that we didn't get a full day of tennis yesterday uh, with some matches postponed. But uh, the matches that were played, probably two stand out for me. And I'll go through some of the other key results in a second. But firstly, I don't know if you caught any of this yesterday afternoon into yesterday evening. Andy Murray uh, up against Berrettini of Italy. A five-set thriller took four hours and 49 minutes to complete. And it was an amazing match. Andy Murray took the first two sets, 6-3, 6-3, and looked really good. Berrettini uh, ranked 13th going into this tournament. Didn't look overly impressive in the first two sets, but Andy was playing very good tennis. And then Berrettini fought back in the third set, winning 6-4. And then the last two sets were absolute thrillers, both going to tiebreakers, of course, a super tiebreaker, a longer uh, tiebreaker in the fifth set. In that fourth set, the tiebreaker ended up 9-7 to Berrettini. And then Andy Murray winning the fifth set tiebreaker 10-6. Berrettini in that last set had a match point um, and really should have put the match away then. And it just looked like he cracked under the pressure. Um, and Andy Murray was able to capitalise on it. All the experience that he has had for many, many years. Of course, we talk about Rafa, we talk about Roger, we talk about Novak. Uh, Andy Murray, probably just on the outskirts of that, but was there was a big four for a few years. Unfortunately, Andy Murray, uh, hampered by injury. But in another era, Andy Murray would have won a lot more Grand Slam tournaments than he has just hampered by injury and being around with those big three. But just amazing to see. And you got to remember, only four years ago at the Australian Open, they did a farewell package for him. For all intents and purposes, we thought that Andy Murray's career, at least at the Australian Open, was done and dusted. Had hip surgery. And the way he moved around the court for almost five hours yesterday, even though he is playing basically with one hip, was quite amazing. Did you see any of it? Uh, 0457 736 736. And that's a first round match. one 300 And also, it got me thinking, and we did this at some point last year, I think, but it's a good topic to do. Great sporting comeback stories. Great redemption stories. As I said, Andy Murray was done and dusted uh, four years ago. But now through to the second round of the Australian Open. Unlikely to go all the way to the final. But has a pretty good chance to... At least get to, well, maybe the third round. It looks like he will probably play Tanasi Kokonakis in the second round, uh, depending what happens with Kokonakis finishing his match. But he is two sets to love up at the moment uh, when that game will be uh, resumed later on this morning. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your great sporting redemption stories. Great sporting comeback stories. Who is it? Is it a rugby league player, an AFL player, football, tennis, cricket, who has come back from basically the dead and done some remarkable things in sport? one 1170 or 0457 736 736. 
The other match that I have to admit I didn't see because it finished at 2.02 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So that was just over three hours ago. Alexi Poprin winning in five sets. 4-6-7-6-6-7-7-6-6-1. Finishing at 2.02 in the morning. Not his longest match at the Australian Open. Um, brings back memories. Didn't go quite as late. Bring back, brings back memories of... Leighton Hewitt's win over Marcos Bagdadis back in 2008. Uh, when that match went, I think, into about 4.40, 4.45 in the morning. Didn't start, mind you, until just before midnight. But well done to Alexi Poprin through to the second round. If you stayed up and you're listening to me now, firstly, well done. Uh, but what have you made of day two of the tennis? I know there was a lot of criticism, or not criticism, but fear that when Nick Kyrgios uh, pulled out of the Australian Open on Monday that... It may lack some entertainment, but the first two days have been full of exciting matches. So what have you thought of the tennis so far? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457-736-736. And on the back of Andy Murray's victory, the great redemption stories, the great comeback stories in sport. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Meanwhile, Novak Djokovic, he breezed through. Uh, in the his first round and, of course, his first match back in, in Melbourne for two years. Uh, two hours, two minutes, uh, he won 6-3, 6-4, 6-love. So well done uh, to him through to the second round. Um, Alexander Zverev uh, had to fight hard uh, yesterday afternoon to win his match, the 12th-ranked seed, uh, beating Varels uh, from Canada in the end, 4-6-6-1-5-7-7-6-6-4. Uh, so he threw to the second round, but uh, quite a tricky one uh, for him. Um, and as I mentioned, Alex Dimonor, straight through. Very easy against uh, the qualifier. 6-2-6-3-6-3. Sorry, two hours, one minute. That took him to complete. Now, uh, one of the stories from early on in the morning... Uh, Birrell, uh, just an amazing uh, win for Kimberly Birrell over Kaya Kanepi, who was la one of last year's quarter finalists. Uh, lost the first set 6-3, won the second set in a tiebreaker 7-6, 7-4 in the tiebreaker, and won the third set 6-1. A wild card, beating a quarter finalist. So well done to her through to the second round of the Australian Open as well. Now, as I mentioned, Tanasi Kokonakis' match against uh, Fabio Fahini has been suspended one hour and 46 minutes into it. So they went on the court. Then they went off the court. Then I believe they went on the court again. Then they shifted courts. Anyway, Kokonakis playing very well. 6-1, uh, he won the first set. 6-2, uh, he won the second set. And players being suspended with Kokonakis leading 4-2 and 40-15 uh, up in that third set. So hopefully for him, he can go through uh, quite easily this morning. And he will play Andy Murray tomorrow if he does win and you would assume that would be uh, a night time match but we'll wait and see it'd be interesting to see if they put that on Rod Laver Arena or elsewhere uh, so some of the action today apart from those matches that uh, have to be uh, completed Igor Schwantek will be first up on Rod Laver Arena of course world number one uh, Rafa back in action struggled a bit uh, the other day uh, but he will be playing a Mackenzie McDonald from America 
you would assume Rafa will be able to uh, win that match. Uh, Stefano Sitsipas up against Rinki Hejikata, uh, one of the night session matches, uh, the second match up on Rod Laver Arena uh, tonight. It'll be interesting to watch as well. John Millman up against Daniel Medvedev. That will be first up tonight on Margaret Court Arena. Hard task for Millman, uh, even though he played very well uh, the other day to win. Hard task for Millman to uh, beat Medvedev, but we'll see what happens uh, there. And uh, Kubler also in action tonight at around about 5 p.m. So that's just some of the matches uh, that will come up on day three of the Australian Open. What have you made of it so far? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And your great sporting redemption stories on the back of Andy Murray uh, Murray's victory yesterday. Now, uh, 12 past five in New South Wales, 12 past four in Queensland. Let's just switch our attention uh, just quickly to rugby league. We know we're only six weeks away uh, from the start of the season. Uh, very exciting times. And as I say, we're going to play a bit of Cameron George for you a little later on, the New Zealand Warriors CEO. But uh, there is all this background noise about uh, this pay dispute uh, with the uh, NRL and the RLPA way Graham will be on breakfast as well with Julian King and Michael Karianis this morning. So that'll be well worth a le- uh, listen. Uh, but Bronco star Kurt Capewell is refusing to rule out strike action as the players launch promotional boycotts on the eve of the season. ARLC chairman Pe- Peter Volandis has been urged to enter crisis talks with the NRL's disgruntled stars who will boycott all promotional activities until the collective bargaining agreement crisis is resolved. So we know the Sharks became the first team to action the boycott when players refused to take part in an NRL uh, photograph and interview session on Monday. And Kate will confirm players that all 17 clubs will follow suit in what is threatening to become an explosive build-up to the season. Um, So it does look like it's going to be an ugly uh, standoff. And Kurt Capewell, a member of the RLPA Men's Players Advisory Group, could not rule out strike action with trial matches to be in a, in a fortnight and the season proper in six weeks' time. So he said, hopefully it doesn't come to that. We don't want it to come to that. If the NRL are going to sit on their heels and not budge, then who knows where it's going to go. I'm sure Peter Volandis in the NRL will be able to see we're not happy as a playing group. They'll see how connected we all are and how solid we are sitting. I'm sure they'll come back to the table ready to negotiate. The way I see it, there hasn't been enough discussion. The NRL have come back with another, what we believe, very unfair proposition for a CBA. We've had enough of sitting at a table and not being heard. As players, we don't want it to get to the strike action. We love the game and would never not want to see it on the TV screens and letting the fans down. What we want as a playing group is for the NRL to come to the table ready to negotiate. We're just not seeing that at the moment. Um, hopefully it doesn't come to that. I find it unlikely it would, but it does seem to be an ongoing issue and it is a distraction uh, for the game leading up to this beginning of the season, which should be an exciting time, only six weeks away from the season proper starting. And as I said, we are only uh, a couple of weeks away from some of the pre-season trials, the All-Stars match, the World Club Challenge. Um, Wade Graham will be on the breakfast show, as I say, with Julian King and Michael Karianis a little later on this morning. Well worth listen to see what he has to say. You take on all of it. You're on the player side or you on the NRL side. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And just one more before a break. We know the big story in terms of rugby union this week has been uh, the return of Eddie Jones as Wallaby coach. Uh, well, he has now said that he has three NRL targets in mind to sign for the Wallabies. 
Now, he hasn't identified the three, um, but well-placed sources indicate that some high-profile league stars who are all off contract this year are in a list of interests at Rugby Australia. So Eddie Jones has come out and said he would like at least three players who played schoolboy rugby in a high level to go back to the game. Now, we know one is probably Joseph Suali from uh, the Roosters, uh, but alongside him, Parramatta Eels centre Will Penasini, uh, Melbourne and Storm enforcer Nelson Osofa Solomona and Manly fly, uh, flyer Tulo Kola are all wanted by Rugby Australia. Um, Suali going to be very, very interested to see what happens with him in particular. Um, everyone's saying that it's quite likely he'll go to Rugby Union at some point. Um, the Rugby Rugby Australia has a massive offer waiting in the wings for the 19-year-old, um, and they're confident, given Australia will host the multi-million dollar 2025 British and Irish Lions series and the 2027 World Cup, that they could get Joseph Suali from the Roosters over to the Wallabies. Look, Suali, I think, will be a superstar in rugby league uh, very quickly. He is young enough. He is only 19 years old to play another year of rugby league, maybe another two years of rugby league, head over to rugby union for a few years for that British and Irish Lions tour and then maybe and the World Cup and then maybe come back to rugby league. Remember, Eddie Jones was coach of the Wallabies when we saw the likes of Matt Rogers, Wendell Saylor, Lottie Dekiri head over to rugby union. So this story, to me, comes as no surprise. And who do you see going to rugby union? Do you think he'll be able to get any one of those people or someone else that I mentioned over to rugby union? I think Joseph Lee is the no-brainer. Whether he wants to or not, we'll have to wait and see. But all the talk is they'll be going uh, very hard to try and get him over the line. So plenty on our agenda on this Tuesday morning. 0457 736 736 1300 01 1170. The great sporting comeback stories, the great sporting redemption stories on the back of Andy Murray winning yesterday in the Australian Open through to the second round, likely to play Kokonakis tomorrow at some point. Uh, the dispute between the RLPA and the NRL, where do you stand on it? And Eddie Jones wanting some NRL players back into, well, not back into the rugby union fold, but some successful Australian rugby union schoolboys who are now playing NRL to go back to rugby union. Who would be number one on your hit list if you're Eddie Jones to go and play rugby union? 0457 for the Wallabies. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 to your text calls in a moment. Plus, we'll cross to America and have a quick chat with Chris Perkins. It's 18 past five in New South Wales, 18 past four in Queensland. It is Wednesday morning. Good to be with you. 22 past five in New South Wales, 22 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call 1300 1170 asking you great sporting comeback stories, uh, redemption stories on the back of Andy Murray's victory yesterday. And if you're Eddie Jones uh, and you're a Wallabies coach, even if you don't want to see any rugby league players go over to rugby union, who would be number one on your hit list? Who would be the number one player from any team in rugby league to head over to rugby union? Who would you be signing? Who would be your number one player to sign? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. 23 past five. Let us now go to America. We don't usually chat to this man on a Wednesday, but we thought it would be worth it after Tom Brady. Chris, good morning to you. Is Tom Brady's career over or is he going to play another season? What do you reckon? Good morning. 
Well, you want my speculation, or you want the, you know, what he said last night? Well, give us give us a bit of both, Chris. Okay. Well, last night he basically said it, it, he's kind of taking it one day at a time. Now, he had a presser uh, last night after the game. Mm. Uh, Buccaneers lost thirty-one fourteen in their wild card game to end their season. And he mm. said a little bit of everything mm. that if you got one viewpoint, it is going to make your your viewpoint feel like is what's going to happen. Uh, he thanked the organization. He talked about how great the Buccaneers organization is. Maybe you're thinking he comes back for another year. He was thanking the fans. Makes it sound like he's he's going to retire. I, I've said for months I thought he should have stayed retired during last offseason, and the way he looked and the way he played this season this is the first time in, in his 40s that he's looked old, that he's he's looked past his prime, like Willie Mays on the New York Mets mm. uh, past his prime. Mm. Uh, they finished 8-9 and nine in the regular season, the Buccaneers did. First time Tom Brady's been uh, had a losing record in his career. Uh, they lose their first playoff game, their only playoff game this season. Uh, and he, it was a struggle this year. Mm. On the field, off the field, mm. nothing seemed to go right for him, except until we got to the last couple, three weeks of the season where they did look like they were building something. Last night, it, everything just kind of came off the rails for him. They were down 24 nothing. Um, tried to fight back and never really could get back into the ball game. I, I'm one who's thinking that he's going to retire. He's going to call it quits. He's going to take that money, that $375 million contract offer he got from Fox, and we'll see him in a broadcast booth next season. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Now, I know he loves playing uh, the game, as I'm sure everyone uh, that's played professional sport has said, and I think me and you have had this discussion before in the past about different uh, players. I've had a discussion with many uh, people that it is hard to walk away from something you love, and that doesn't have to be sport. That could be uh, anything. But at some point you have to make that decision, and I understand that would be tricky, but it's not like he's going to find uh, find it tough to get more work. As you say, he's got this uh, magnificent deal at Fox that I think anyone this team would be very jealous of. And it's a lot easier uh, working in the media than I would imagine. I've never played NFL, but I would imagine it'd be a lot easier. Why would you, why do you think he would think about going around another year instead of just taking up that offer? Um, because, uh, I mean, com- yeah, go on. Yeah, it's the competitive juices. I, he wants to compete. He is a he is a to be a quarterback in the NFL, to be a, a top elite level quarterback, and Tom Brady is top of the mountain mm. of all time quarterbacks in the National Football League. You have got to have a type A highly competitive, I will run over my grandmother to score a touchdown type of personality. Yep. Tom Brady has that and we've seen it for his entire two plus decades mm. in, in the National Football League. He, he is willing to do whatever it takes. And he's, uh, if he's still got that fire burning, yeah, he's going to want to come back. He also wants to go out a winner. I mean, every player wants that magical moment mm. where you're standing on the stage, you're handed the Vince Lombardi trophy, and that's your swan song. Mm. I mean, uh, John Elway got that. Peyton Manning got that. Not many guys get that. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, there's a saying, you either leave the game carrying your shield or you're being carried off on your shield, meaning you have given 
everything for, for for football, for your team, for your brothers, for the fans. Brady's at that point where he's about to be carried off on his shield because he, uh, 45 years old, he is, he is defying everything. There, there's another saying, father time is always undefeated. He's going to be undefeated with Tom Brady. He's ultimately going to beat Tom Brady, but Father Time's gotten bloodied by Tom Brady because he has lasted so long in in the NFL. And there will be teams. Brady's a free agent as, as of now. He's a free agent at the end of the season. There will be teams calling, engaging his interest. Uh, teams that need a quarterback, and, and it's going to be a matter of where does where would he want to go? What kind of situation would he want to go to? Because the teams that are close are set at quarterback, and you really wouldn't want to bring a 46-year-old guy in off the street as a free agent into a situation where you think you're close. And the teams that really need a quarterback, they've got other issues that need to be solved before uh, that, that Tom Brady won't fix completely. And it is an interesting one you mentioned uh, just in that comment there that not everyone goes out uh, a winner. Uh, a lot of people here in uh, NRL and AFL and tennis and cricket and all sorts of sports would love the greats, would love to go out on top, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes what happens is that when they play too long, now they're still great players, but sometimes, especially if we equate it to rugby league, which is a sport of choice for most people here in Sydney, you do play a year too long sometimes. Not everyone does that. And sometimes, even if you're not going to win the competition, it might be better just to go out on top. Now, do you think there's a chance as well, if Tom Brady does continue to play in Chris, that he could, I wouldn't say ruin his reputation because he's one of the best players, if not the best player ever, but it could hamper his reputation at all if he continues to play and just doesn't play as well as people expect him to and as he has in the past? It would put a dent in in his uh, in his overall history, just mm. a small one, because mm. he's a seven-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. I, you're, you're not going to tarnish that legacy, but there will be a little bit of a dent in it. I, I mentioned earlier Willie Mays on the Mets. Willie Mays, legendary baseball player for the New York Giants and San Francisco Giants from the early 1950s up to 1973, uh, was at the end of his career decided instead of retiring after the 73 season, uh, he would sign with the New York Mets, go back to New York and, and play play in the in the city that he started his career in with the new National League team, relatively new National League team there. Yeah. And, and Willie Mays was not even a proper shadow of what he was, what his greatness was with, with the Giants. Um, he wound up finishing with 660 career home runs, um, at that time, the the third most in Major League Baseball history. So, uh, but but that that's been the cautionary tale for for the guy who has stayed too long, a year or two too long. Is you don't want to look like Willie Mays on on the Mets. You don't want to look like Joe Namath playing for the Rams. That's another cautionary tale of a great player who stayed a year too long. Brady, if Brady comes back next year. And looks like he did this year, he becomes the cautionary tale. And it would just, like I said, slightly tarnish the legacy. But when you got seven Super Bowl rings, there's, you, you've got to do a whole lot more to really mess that legacy up. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be very interesting, isn't it, uh, over the course of the next few weeks, maybe next few months, to see where Tom Brady does end up. Chris, great to talk to you as always. We will chat to you again on Friday ahead of a bumper weekend in sport over there. Yeah, four great uh, divisional games. We'll, we'll preview them a lot closer on, on Friday. Perfect. Thank you, man. Have a good day. You too. Chris Perkins in America. We will chat to him on Friday. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Just a few issues with your text messages uh, this morning, although one has just come through, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we do that uh, cross with Chris thanks to Makita. Uh, this season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Uh, before we get to your text, uh, the Big Bash last night, and we do this for your, the Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer to Today, uh, Steve Smith uh, back playing for the Sydney Sixers and he has smashed the first century by a Sixers player in BBL history, reaching the milestone in only 56 balls and decides big win over the Strikers. So uh, the Sixers uh, finished their innings with their fourth highest ever total belting five for 203 with the 33-year-old leading the charge to dispatch Adelaide's bowlers around the park. Uh, the strike is in return, only able to manage nine for 144. Uh, Alex Carey, though, impressive with a knock of 54 from 35 balls. Travis Head once again failed, scoring only five to go with his singular run in his first BBL match appearance. Uh, test hopeful Todd Murphy impressed with the ball, taking three from 35 from his four overs. Well, Steve O'Keefe also showed his experience, finishing with two for 24 uh, without being hit for a boundary. But Steve Smith, the star last night, 101 runs, uh, seven sixes and five boundaries on his way to 101. So well done to the Sydney Sixers, winning that one by 59 runs over the Adelaide Strikers. The Big Bash continues tonight as well. Uh, at 7.40pm tonight, Sydney time, 6.40pm Queensland time, the Perth Scorchers taking on the Hobart Hurricanes. That is for the Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu D-Max. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can also call 1300 01 1170. Those texts are starting at trickle through. Just a few technical problems uh, before. Asking you this morning, great retention stories on the back of Andy Murray's win. Great sporting comeback stories after Andy Murray yesterday in the Australian Open. And if you're Eddie Jones and you are looking uh, to sign a rugby league player, who would be number one on your hit list to go to play for the Wallabies, uh, for the British and Irish Lions Tour in 2025, and also the World Cup in 2027? This year's World Cup, obviously a bit too late, but who would be on your hit list? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We will come back with your text after this. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is 21 to 6 in New South Wales, 21 to 5 in Queensland. 0457 736 736 is the text number. We'll get to them in just a second, or you can call the open line anytime, 1300 
01-1170. Now there's uh, four FA Cup games coming up this morning, which are replays from matches that finished in a draw in the third round last week. Some interesting matches as well. Uh, the first two kicking off, uh, and so, sorry, there's three games uh, today and one uh, tomorrow. The first two kicking off at 6.45 a.m. today, New South Wales time. That's Swansea up against Bristol City. Also at 6.45, Wolves up against Liverpool. Now, we spoke to John Gallo yesterday, our football expert, about Liverpool's up and down form in the English Premier League. Of course, losing 3-0 to Brighton over the course of the weekend. Uh, last week in the FA Cup, when they played Wolves the first time around, it was a two-all draw. And if they are to lose, and I know it's a different competition, but if they are to lose to Wolves this morning in the FA Cup, um, the towns will be wagging again, uh, won't they? Uh, two all last week. We'll see what they can do there. Also this morning at 7am, West Brom taking on Chesterfield. The game tomorrow morning at 6.45am, Leeds United taking on Cardiff City. So they are third round replays in the FA Cup starting in just over an hour's time. 0457 736 736. Or you can call 1300-01-1170. Going to run out of time to play that Cameron George interview, but I'll just recap for you in just a second a couple of things he said and well worth listening to on the podcast with our colleagues over in New Zealand on SENNZ with Stephen MacGyver. But to your text, 0457 736 736. You can call the open line anytime, 1300-01-1170. Asking you uh, if you're Eddie Jones, if you're coach of the Wallabies and you'll be coach of the Wallabies for the next five years at least, up until the end of the 2027 World Cup. Um, who would be your number one NRL player on the hit list? He's come out and said that he has three NRL targets in mind. We can only, only speculate on who they will be. Joseph Suali'i, probably the most likely one from the Roosters. But if you're Eddie Jones, who would be on your hit list uh, to come to play for the Wallabies, mainly for the 2025 British and Irish Lions Tour over in Australia? And also the World Cup, which is also going to be held in 2027 in Australia. Uh, first, let's, uh, this text from Donovan from Cronulla. And he says, morning. What about Cameron Murray from the South Sydney Rabbitohs? A former Newington old boy and an excellent rugby union player. That's Donovan from Cronulla. Yeah, really good text, Donovan. And this was one of the names that was mentioned uh, yesterday uh, when this news came to light. But uh, Cameron Murray uh, actually has just recently signed a new contract with the South Sydney Rabbitohs until the end of 2025. Now, you know, contracts sometimes uh, don't always uh, work, but uh, he he has signed one uh, until the end of 2025, which would rule him out of that British and Irish Lions tour. Would still be a chance to play in the World Cup in 2027, but uh, probably uh, maybe his age. He is still quite young at the moment, but if you think about uh, how old he will be, we'll just check his age in a second, how old he will be uh, coming into the 2027 World Cup. I'm not sure if they'll be, be number one on the hit list. He's 25 years old as of, of age now. So in a few years' time, in four years' time, 29, 30 years of age, whether they go for him then, I'm not sure. But uh, he was definitely one that was speculated. But, yeah, has signed uh, a new deal with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So unlikely, but good text, Donovan, and you just uh, never know. This from Junior Smithy on 0457736736. Morning, Dan. The rugby league players I would target if I was Eddie Jones would be Matt Burton from the Bulldogs. Well, Matt Burton's kicking game would be very, very impressive in rugby uh, union. He'd be fantastic. Again, no, five-year contract signed with the Bulldogs, so unlikely to happen. Harry Grant from the Urban Storm. Yeah, well, 100%. He would be a fantastic, you'd imagine, in rugby union. Latrell Mitchell. 
Uh, Latrell Mitchell would be an interesting one. I, I just wonder if he would get um, his hands on the ball, depending what position he played, his hands on the ball enough. But you could probably say that about Joseph Swalihi, who he has mentioned here. Nathan Cleary. And he also says Jaden Campbell. Uh, he would be my Andrew Walker-style player. Uh, that one from Junior Smithy. Uh, yeah, if you do remember... Uh, Andrew Walker uh, had a successful career in both rugby league and rugby union. A very underrated player, very exciting player uh, when he played both codes. Uh, just yeah, amazing to watch. So uh, much fun to watch Andrew Walker run around for both uh, the Wallabies and in his rugby league career as well. Good text, Junior Smithy. Thank you for that one. And this from the Yeovil Treeman. Uh, Hi, Dan. Walsh uh, Sualee seems an obvious target for the Wallabies. In my opinion, Australian rugby is currently well served with outside backs. I think one of the real weaknesses for the Wallabies is a lack of ball playing 5 8 uh, like an Ella or Stephen Larkham, etc. If I was Rugby Australia, I might seek out a player like Sam Walker or Nico Hines. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Uh, well, Sam Walker would be an interesting one. I suppose uh, when it comes to Sam Walker... Um, we know uh, his defence has been a bit of a question mark for the Roosters, um, but he's still a quality player, still very, very young uh, as well and has had a very good couple of seasons for the Roosters leading them around the park. And also Nico Hines. Well, we know how impressive he was with the Cronulla Sharks last year after making his way from the Melbourne Storm, and he would definitely fit into rugby union very, very nicely, wouldn't he, Yeovil Treban? So thank you for that suggestion. Uh, Nico Hines would be a great rugby union player, I reckon. But what do you think? Uh, who would be your number one hit list? If you're Eddie Jones and you're looking at the six to 17 NRL clubs, and uh, what, who would be on your hit list? Is there a couple of players that you think would make a successful transition from rugby league to rugby union? Some good suggestions there. Uh, 0457 736 736 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Your hit list uh, for rugby union players going to a uh, rugby league players going to rugby union. Who would make a successful transition? Now I mentioned this Cameron George interview, the New Zealand Warriors CEO. He did with Stephen MacGyver on SCNZ yesterday. Uh, it was just uh, it was an interesting interview. As I said, just ran out of time to play it for you this morning, but well worth listening on the podcast. We know, of course, they have been back in New Zealand now for this off season, but for the best part of the last three years have been based in Australia. Uh, he said in the interview that not making excuses, they still should have performed better, but it uh, will be better for them being at home. Um, he also said in the interview, which I, I found quite interesting, there was a lot of talk last year and over the past couple of years about potentially the Warriors getting a few more games than normal uh, in New Zealand this year and potentially other clubs taking their home games to New Zealand. Now that it hasn't happened as yet. They do have the All-Stars match over there next month. And he said uh, that he was a little disappointed about the fact that a couple of clubs haven't, uh, some clubs, at least a couple of clubs haven't done that. But you never know, may happen down the line. I have to say, just on uh, that from Cameron George, I do agree. I think, look, it would be hard for every club to move their home game to New Zealand. I do understand that. But I still think they could have been rewarded a bit more, the Warriors, uh, for what they did for the game over the past few years. But he is expecting a big year for Dylan Walker at the Warriors, a new signing, and he's expecting a big year for the Warriors being back at home. How do you see them going this year? Look, I think they'll be more competitive. Uh, always harder to beat over at Mount, uh, Mount, Mount Bart Stadium in Auckland, but I don't have them in my top eight. 
but I expect them to be a lot more competitive than the past few years. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 And just staying with Rugby League as well, uh, the news about Stephen Crichton came out the other day, um, but he has reportedly blindsided the Panthers with his attentions to leave before the club had the chance to table him a new offer to stay at Penrith. Now, according to the Sydney Morning Herald, the Panthers were set to table a revised offer to Crichton's management on Monday before the star sent a phone coach, Ivan Cleary, to advise him he was leaving the club at the end of the season. He then told teammates at yesterday morning, Crichton never received the Panthers' new offer, with a press release sent out by the club detailing his departure at the same time the meeting was due to take place. Uh, We know the Bulldogs are heavy favourites for Crichton to land there in 2024. Uh, Privately, the Panthers held concerns uh, that Crichton's time at the club was coming to an end for some time. Amid reports, Crichton's management felt the club had prioritised the re-signings of um, teammates Liam Martin, Brighton Toro and Isaac Tago. However, the Panthers did put forward a reported three-year extension offer to Crichton in May last year, which was rejected at the time. Penrith maintained they had a substantial offer for Crichton, but it would not have matched the $800,000 his management was seeking from rivals before the increase to the salary cap. Uh, so Stephen Crichton leaving the Panthers, uh, around $800,000 uh, at that point in time, the offer was, and looking like he'll link up with the Bulldogs, but we'll just wait and see if that is where he does end up. 0457 736 736. You can call the open line anytime, one 1170 A couple of more texts there. We'll get to them after the break. Uh, your hit list, if you're Eddie Jones, who would you be picking uh, from Rugby League to go and play Rugby Union for the Wallabies in the British and Irish Lions Tour of 2025 and the World Cup in 2027. Who would be on your hit list? 0457 736 736 or anything else in sport? one 1170 The Women's Football World Cup that is coming up a bit later on the year has hit another major milestone with 500,000 tickets sold for an event that FIFA's Chief Women's Officer says is further proof Australia and New Zealand's time zone should no longer be considered a weakness when it comes to hosting major tournaments. Now, fans from 132 countries, the global governing body says, have secured tickets and will be travelling for the first FIFA competition held either wholly or jointly in Australia since the 1993 World Youth Championship. It's also on track to break all sorts of records in international women's football with this year's edition, the first in an expanded 32-team format, are poised to break the 1.1 million attendance record set in France in 2019. Uh, the first match will be uh, Australia will be playing on July 20 between the Matildas and Ireland, uh, looking that like that will be shifted, as I mentioned last week, from Allianz Stadium to a core stadium. So July 20, the first match. So uh, not too far away. Looking forward to that. Uh, one more text for the day on 0457 736 736. This is from Rooster Man. Uh, it says, so do they have a collective bargaining agreement in rugby? Well, I just had a very quick look at Rooster Man, uh, and admittedly it was very quick, but they did have one that went through until the end of 2022. Not sure where it is at now, uh, but at least 
until the end of 2022, they did. He also says league is eating itself. Time for Clint Newton to go. That from Roosterman. Well, Wade Graham will be a guest uh, on breakfast with Julian King and Michael Karianis coming up after 6am. So well worth a listen to see where things are at there. Plus, Sydney Thunder player Brennan Doggett will also join them. And of course, don't forget for our Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of Julian and Michael and then Patton Heels along at 6am local time for you. Thanks for your company today. Tomorrow we'll talk cricket with men as wrap up more Australian Open. I'm sure there'll be a bit of rugby league news around as well. Have a great Wednesday. I'll catch you tomorrow. Breakfast is next.